Welcome to another episode of Relics from the Past. Today's date, March 22nd, 2020. It's been a rough ride as the U.S. and other nations and continents are trying to beat this coronavirus. So while we do our part to stay home and try to slow the spread, I wanted to bring you all another podcast. This podcast is going to follow the same format as the second episode of the podcast. I'm trying to keep the kids entertained and trying to maybe keep 80s fans entertained. So this edition of the podcast we're going to be listening to three indiana jones read-alongs uh indiana jones and the temple of doom and raiders of the lost ark and the last crusade so let's get this started off with raiders of the lost ark this is the story of raiders of the lost ark you can read along with me in your book you will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the bullwhip crack like this. Let's begin now. For most people, archaeology means digging up old clay pots for museum displays. But for Indiana Jones, it meant travel and treasure and a good deal of risk. Deep in the steaming jungles of South America, Indy had discovered an ancient temple Many traps guarded the solid gold statue within. Indy dodged deadly spiders, iron spikes, and a deep pit before he finally found the priceless treasure. Gently, Indy lifted the golden idol. The ancient walls began to shake. I've sprung the trap. Poison darts flew by his head. Indy fled through the passageway, a huge boulder crashing at his heels. Desperately, he dove out of the temple, just as the giant rock sealed the entrance forever. Indy looked up to find himself surrounded by angry warriors. From the ranks of spears and blowguns stepped a tall Frenchman, René Belloc. So, you beat me to the treasure, Dr. Jones. But again, we see there is nothing you can possess which I cannot take away. Reluctantly, Indy handed over the gold statue. Too bad your friends here don't know you like I do, Belloc. Indy had no sooner resumed his archaeology lectures than he was contacted by government agents. Professor Jones, what do you know about the Lost Ark of the Covenant? It was the sacred chest used to carry around the Ten Commandments. I've got a picture of it in this book. The Ark was said to have mysterious powers, and any army which carried it into battle was undefeatable. That's the very reason we must find the Ark before the Nazi army does, Dr. Jones. Hmm. First, we'll need the key to the Ark's location, an ancient gold medallion. And I think I know just where to find it. In the frozen peaks of Nepal lived Marion Ravenwood, the daughter of a fellow archaeologist. One night, a familiar silhouette appeared in her doorway. Indiana Jones. I owe 
always knew I'd see you again. Marion, I need one of the relics your father collected, the medallion from the Staff of Ra. It's the key to a great treasure. Suddenly, five gunmen burst into the room. Give us the medallion, Harleine. Indy's bullwhip flashed, disarming the Nazi officer. Guns blazed as the others joined the fight. But Indy was more than a match for them. Marion bashed the last attacker with a torch and held the medallion triumphantly. Indy grinned. You're really something, Marion. I'm more than that, Jones. Now I'm your partner. Somewhere beneath the scorching sands of Egypt lay the Well of the Souls, the last resting place of the Lost Ark. Hoping to find it, Indy and Marion journeyed to Cairo to seek the advice of their friend Salah. My friends, the Nazis are already digging here and have uncovered an ancient map room. But it's worthless to them without your medallion. The next day, two Nazi officers watched Marion and Indy stroll through the bustling marketplace of Cairo. On the Nazi signal, a band of Arab swordsmen attacked them. Indy dodged their flashing blades. Marion, run! But two of the men grabbed Marion and forced her into a large basket. shot the last swordsman and chased the basket which was disappearing down the winding street. As he turned a corner, he saw the two men throw a basket into the back of a truck. The Arabs sprayed the street with machine gun bullets as the truck came at Indy. He fired back. The speeding truck swerved, rolled over, and burst into flames. Marion! In shock, Indy turned from the smoldering wreckage. No one could have survived the crash. He stumbled into a cafe, only to find his old enemy. Belloc, it's you again. I should have known you'd be helping the Nazis. <laughs> Remember, Indiana, I will stop at nothing to get the Ark. Determined to beat Belloc to the Ark, Indy sneaked into the ancient map room the Nazis had just discovered. On the floor of the dusty room lay a miniature city. Indy placed the medallion on a wooden staff and waited anxiously. Suddenly, a golden beam of sunlight shot through the medallion's crystal and lit one small building in the model city. That's it. The Well of the Souls. Using the medallion's clue, Indy, Sala, and his men discovered the entry to the Well of the Souls. After digging feverishly, they lifted a heavy door and peered into a large underground chamber. Sala, something's moving down there. Snakes, Indy. Very dangerous. We'll drop torches to clear the way. You climb down first. Indy groaned. Why did it have to be snakes? Carefully picking their way through the slithering snakes, Indy and Sala reached a stone altar. There sat the long-sought Ark. Outside, lightning flashed as the two men gently lifted the shining golden Ark from its ancient resting place. 
As the torches began to flicker out, Sala and the Ark were hoisted safely out of the chamber. But before Indy could climb out, Belloc's voice boomed from above. Once again, Jones, what was briefly yours is now mine. Indy looked up to see Nazi soldiers closing a stone door. At the last moment, someone was pushed into the chamber with him. Marion. Indy held Marion. I thought you were dead. They switched baskets in the marketplace. What's that? Snakes? Get me out of here! As the protective torches sputtered out, Indy climbed a huge stone statue. Get ready to run, Marion! With a mighty shove, he toppled the statue, knocking a hole in the chamber wall. Quickly, they scurried outside. The two found themselves on a Nazi airfield. A plane stood by, its hatch open to receive the Ark. Indy fought with the crew. A fuel tank broke and began to leak. The gasoline caught fire and the plane exploded. Belloc burst from his tent. This is John's work. Quickly, take the Ark out of here by truck. Indy leaped onto a white Arabian stallion. Marion, you and Sala meet me in Cairo. I'm going after the Ark. Racing alongside the truck full of soldiers, Indy leaped into the cab and kicked the driver out. The Nazis in back climbed outside the speeding vehicle to get at Indy, but he swerved back and forth, throwing them all off the truck. By the time Indy reached Cairo, Sala had arranged passage home by ship. Do not worry. The captain here will make sure you and the Ark get back safely. At last, you can rest, my friends. Marion and Indy thanked Sala, boarded the cargo ship, and were soon far out to sea. At dawn, the engine suddenly stopped. Indy raced topside to find Nazi soldiers boarding from a nearby submarine. Marion and the Ark were quickly captured. Fearlessly, Indy swam out to the enemy ship. He clung to the railing as the sub headed for a mysterious distant island. After docking, Indy followed Belloc and the Nazis as they unloaded the Ark and carried it inland. Indy grabbed a weapon and aimed at the procession. Hold it, Belloc. Release Marion, or I blow the Ark to pieces. Belloc turned and smiled. Surely you could not destroy such a prize as this. This time, Indy knew Belloc was right. He let himself be captured. Marion and Indy were tied together as the Ark was placed on a stone altar. No matter what happens, Marion, don't look at it. Anxiously, Belloc opened the sacred lid. The Nazi soldiers stared dumbfounded as ghostly shapes emerged and flew about them. A hot wind blew. The Ark glowed brilliantly and bolts of lightning shot out, destroying Belloc and the soldiers. In a blinding flash, a whirlwind of flame leaped skyward. Then, as suddenly as it had begun, the storm ended. The lid slammed shut. And all was still. Only Indy and Marion remained alive. 
You've done your country a great service, Dr. Jones. Indy scowled at the government official. You promised the art to the museum. Research should be done. I assure you, top men are studying it right now. In truth, the Ark sat in a wooden crate marked, Top Secret, Do Not Open. Buried in a government warehouse full of other crates, the Ark began to gather dust once again. That was the Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark read-along. And the one coming up next, I must say I owned this one as a kid, and I literally wore it out because it was a record. So I wore it out, and it had pops and cracks so bad at times I could barely even make out what they were saying. And um, I enjoyed the movie more than Raiders of the Lost Ark. While I like all the Indiana Jones to a point, I enjoyed Temple of Doom the best. So here is the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom read-along from 1984. This is the story of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the bullwhip crack like this. Let's begin now. Adventurer Indiana Jones normally didn't wear a tuxedo, but the Chinese gangster Lao Che had chosen a fancy Shanghai nightclub for their meeting. Lao's girlfriend, Willie Scott, eyed Jones with interest, but he was in no mood for romance. This was business, deadly business. A crime lord tossed gold coins and a huge diamond onto the table. I know you have found the ashes of my ancestor for me, Dr. Jones. Give them to me now. Indy pulled a jade box from his pocket and handed it over. Let's make a toast, Lau. To me, never working for you again. As Indy drank his champagne, Lau gave an evil laugh. <laughs> You've been poisoned, Dr. Jones. I have the antidote here, but it will cost the diamond and gold I just gave you. <laughs> Indy threw his drink into Lau's face and lunged across the table. But the antidote bottle tumbled to the floor, and Willie picked it up. Get him! Lau's men pulled out their guns and opened fire. Indy ducked behind a huge silver gong, cut it free, and sent it rolling across the room. Using the gong as a shield, Indy raced toward Willie, grabbing her around the waist. You're coming with me, Doc. I need that bottle. Together, they crashed through a large window and fell three stories, landing in the back seat of Indy's car. Shaken but unhurt, Indy yelled to the driver, his young pal, short round. To the airport, Shorty. Fast. Okay, Indy. Hours after their plane took off, Willie frantically shook Indy awake. Dr. Jones, wake up! The pilots, uh, they jumped down! Nobody's driving, no fuel left! Do something! Quickly, Indy searched the falling plane. 
No more parachutes. Shorty, help me get this inflatable life raft to the door. Then you two grab onto me. An instant before the plane crashed, Indy pulled the inflation cord and leaped up. The raft popped into shape and caught the wind. It bounced down a snowy mountainside and slid into a rushing icy river. Willie grabbed Indy's sleeve. Finally, the raft came to rest on the riverbank, its three passengers cold, wet, and bruised, but alive. The chieftain of a nearby village walked up to greet them. Welcome. You are now in India. We have been waiting for you. The chieftain's village was desolate, his people starving. He offered the little food he had to his three guests. Evil men from Pancourt stole our sacred stone. Without its protection, our wells dried up and our crops died. Then the men came back again and took away our children. We prayed for help. You fell from the sky. Thus we know you were sent to help us. Envy looked at the misery around him. I'll do what I can. Early the next morning, the adventurers set off for Pankot. As Indy climbed on a large elephant, Short Round called up to him. All right, with you, Indy? Nope. We got an elephant over there, just your size. Shorty couldn't believe his luck. He scratched the little animal fondly behind the ear. Indy's taking me to America. You come with me, baby elephant. Maybe we get a job in the circus. That night, they made camp by a muddy river. Willie noticed Indy examining a scrap of antique parchment. What's that? One of the village kids escaped from Pancot and brought this back. It shows a Hindu god giving five magical stones to Shankara, one of India's ancient holy men. Magical stones, huh? Like the one stolen from the village? Indy smiled. Could be my road to fortune and glory. When they finally reached the palace of Pankot, frowning guards glared at them from every corner. But the prime minister came out to greet them warmly. You must stay the night with us. The Maharaja will be most eager to meet you and hear of your adventures, Dr. Jones. Dinner will be at 8 o'clock. Willie raced off to her room. Dinner with the prince? I've got to get cleaned up. I hope he isn't married yet. At dinner that evening, they met the Maharaja, a boy of 13. A kid? Shorty grinned at Willie. Maybe he like older women. Okay, so I don't get my prince, but I do get a royal banquet, and I'm starving. But when the food arrived, it was awful things like roast snake and baked beetles. Yeah. Willie felt like crying. <laughs> Indy eyed the strange food skeptically. Hindus don't eat meat. Something's very wrong here. Later, back in Willie's room, Indy noticed a draft coming from a crack in the wall. He examined it closer. Look at this. There's a secret passage behind this statue. He turned to Willie. Lock the door until we come back. He and Shorty crept into the dark, bug-infested tunnel. They entered a small room. Suddenly, the door slammed shut behind them, and sharp spikes began pushing out of the floor and ceiling. Indy shouted through the door. Willie, get down here fast. I'm coming, but this tunnel is all wet and icky. Ah, there are bugs all over me. I'm getting out of here. Willie, we're 
We're about to get speared in here. Find a release lever, quick. Willie searched frantically as the spikes closed in on Indy and Shorty. At the last moment, she found the release. The spikes jerked back and the doors sprang open. Drawn forward by a weird chanting, the three cautiously entered a tremendous temple cut out of solid rock. Hundreds of worshippers bowed down before a gigantic idol. It had a necklace made of skulls, and its eyes glowed. And they pulled them back into the shadows. It's a temple to Kali, the goddess of death. Her followers practice human sacrifice. Horrified, they watched as the high priest, Mola Ram, lowered a man into boiling lava. While the worshippers were leaving, Indy looked closer at the repulsive idol. There, at her feet, three of the magic Shankara stones, and one is the villages. I'm not leaving without them. Indy used his whip to swing across the lava pit and quickly stuffed the mysteriously glowing stones into his shoulder bag. Then he noticed a tunnel behind the statue. He peered in. It's a mine. And those workers, they're the village children. Indy attacked the guards. But he was outnumbered and quickly captured. He was chained to a rock in the high priest chamber where he saw... Shorty, Willie, so they captured you too. Mola Ram forced a bubbling, smoky liquid down Indy's throat. From now on, all your thoughts will be of Kali, Dr. Jones. The blood of Kali will make you quite happy to be her slave. The potion worked. A cold, evil look entered Indy's eyes. At a gesture from Mola Ram, his chains were unlocked. He followed the priests back into the temple, where he watched them lead Willie to a metal sacrificial frame. Indy, help me! They want to draw me into that lava as an offering to Kali! Indy gazed at her unfeelingly, then began to help the priests strap her down. Short Round was thrown into the mine to work with the other children. There, he learned that the spell of the potion could only be broken by the pain of fire. Then I can make Indy be himself again. I got to escape. When his guard wasn't looking, he darted away and scrambled up a ladder into the temple. There he saw Willie being lowered into the lava pit while Indy watched, smiling. Indy, no! You've got to wake up! Shorty grabbed a torch and jammed it into Indy's side. Ah! The evil look in his eyes faded and was gone. Thanks, Shorty. I'm okay now. Indy battled his way to the guard, lowering Willie into the lava, knocked him off the platform, and pulled her back up. Then he grabbed up the villager stone. Come on, Shorty, follow us. Punching priests left and right, he led them back into the mine. We're going to set all these kids free. Indy knocked out a guard and used his keys to free the children. As they fled the mine, a seven-foot guard suddenly attacked Indy. Fiercely, Indy battled the giant. But his blows had no effect. Then, Mola Ram appeared with more guards, firing guns. Indy yelled to Willie and Shorty, Get into a mine car. We'll escape that way. He finally tripped the giant and leaped under the mine car with his friends, just as it whizzed away into a tunnel.
The mine cars zoom through the narrow tunnel like a roller coaster, nearly turning over on the tight curves. Then a shot sounded. Mola Ram's guards were following in another car. Willie curled up in a ball, turning green. Indy squeezed her shoulder. Don't conk out on us, doll. We need your help. Indy, Willie, and Shorty heaved a wooden beam out of their car onto the track. The pursuing car hit it with a horrible crash. When they came to the end of the tracks, Indy braked the car to a stop. Huh. I guess we walked from here. What's that rumbling? A tidal wave. The guards opened the reservoir above. Run for it! Fleeing the wall of water surging down the tunnel, they ran like they'd never run before. Just before it crashed down on them, they reached the tunnel entrance and dodged out of the way. Tons of water gushed past into the rocky gorge below. Their only escape route was an ancient rope bridge spanning the gorge. Indy saw a pair of guards coming. Willie, Shorty, get going while I hold these guys off. They started across the shaky bridge. Abruptly, one of the worm-eaten boards broke under Shorty's feet. Willie lunged forward and caught him just in time. They continued carefully. But when they finally stepped off the bridge, Mola Ram appeared and captured them. Indy had overcome the guards and was halfway across the bridge when he saw his friends captured. Then, more guards appeared behind him. He was trapped. Mola Ram walked out onto the bridge. The stones are mine. Give them to me. Indy grinned at him. Come and get them. Swinging his sword with all his might, he cut the ropes, shearing the bridge in two. Indy grabbed a rope and swung to safety as Mola Ram and his evil guards fell toward the hungry crocodiles below. There was great rejoicing when Indy led the children home to their village. Willie looked around, astonished. Streams are running, crops growing. How could it all change so quickly? Could be something to do with this. Indy held up the sacred stone, then returned it to the village elders. Well, there goes my fortune and glory. On the other hand, it's still a long way home. He gave her a sly wink. Who knows what might turn up? That was the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom read-along from 1984. As I said before, I really enjoyed that one as a kid. I had that one and a lot of other read-alongs as a kid, and eventually we will get to some other ones that I had. Um, in the first episode, well, second episode for that matter, I never owned any of the Garfield ones as a kid, but I did own the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom one, and I'm think maybe I own the Raiders of the Lost Ark one, but I can't remember for sure. But the one coming up, I did not own as a kid. And sadly, I cannot find better audio for this one. I'm going to attempt to clean up of it, but it's still going to sound not as good as these last two. But here is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade from 1989. This is the story of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the bullwhip crack like this. Let's begin now. In a desert cave, 
A boy scout was hiking with his troop when he heard voices. He sneaked away and hid in the shadows where he saw four strangers looting an ancient burial site. As they dug up a beautiful jeweled cross, the scout gasped. That's the cross of Coronado. It's been lost for 400 years. When the men turned their backs, he snatched the cross, then leaped onto a horse and sped across the desert. The men hurried to their cars and roared off in pursuit. With the men just inches behind, the scout jumped a passing circus train, where he tumbled into a vat of snakes, avoided a tiger's claws, and outsmarted an angry lion, then eluded the men and made his way home. There, he spoke to his father, a world-famous archaeologist, and the two of them met with the police. It was just another day in the life of young Indiana Jones. Years later, Professor Indiana Jones was kidnapped and taken to art collector Walter Donovan. You've heard of the Holy Grail, Dr. Jones? Of course, the chalice used by Christ during the Last Supper. According to legend, whoever drinks from that cup receives eternal life. Donovan unveiled a stone tablet. This tablet is one of two markers that together tell where the Grail can be found. Indy listened intently as Donovan went on. The Grail disappeared for a thousand years before three knights found it. The first two knights were buried with the markers. The third knight stayed behind to become keeper of the Grail. We were about to find the second marker and perhaps the Grail itself when our project leader disappeared. We need someone to take his place. You have the wrong Dr. Jones. My father's the Grail scholar. I know. Your father is the man who disappeared. Indy raced to his father's house only to find it ransacked and empty. Family friend and colleague Marcus Brody helped sort through the wreckage. They even went through his mail. Mail, that's it. Indy remembered a package he'd stuffed into his pocket earlier that day, postmarked Venice, Italy. He opened the package. Dad's Grail diary. Marcus, we're going to Italy. The next day, they arrived in Venice, where they met Dr. Elsa Schneider, who had been working closely with Indy's father. Elsa took them to a magnificent old library, where Henry Jones had last been seen. Your father felt he was very close to finding the second knight's tomb. This is all he left behind. She handed Indy a slip of paper with the Roman numerals 3, 7, and 10 written on it. Studying his surroundings, Indy found a marble column marked three and a bookcase numbered seven. We're getting close to it, Elsa, but where's the ten? Just then he noticed a pattern on the tile floor. X marks the spot. Indy pried up the tiles and he and Elsa climbed through. Below the library, in a tunnel caked with oil, Indy found the knight's remains. Look at his shield. It's the second marker. As Indy copied the message, an orange glow filled the tunnel. Indy, the oil is catching fire! He looked up and saw a giant fireball rounding the corner, headed right toward him. They dove into the sewer and emerged through a storm drain covered with slime. Indy took a deep breath. Ah, Dennis. 
Learning that his father was being held at the castle Brunwald in Germany, Indy made plans to go there with Elsa. Before he left, he met with Marcus, and the two of them used information from the shield to draw a map showing the Grail's location. Marcus, go to the town of Iskenderun and contact my friend Sala. He'll help you follow this map and find the Grail. Storm clouds darkened the sky as Indy and Elsa sneaked inside the castle Bulbart. They crept down a hallway to a heavy door. He must be in here, Elsa, because it's wired. Let's go around. They broke into the adjoining room. With the rain pouring down in sheets, Indy climbed onto a ledge, then used his whip to swing through the window next door. As he crashed into the room, Henry Jones stepped out of the shadows. Junior, is that you? Don't call me Junior. Suddenly, two Nazi soldiers burst in, carrying guns. An SS officer nodded at Indy. I'll check the diary now, Dr. Jones. Henry laughed in the man's face. <laughs> Do you think my son would be stupid enough to bring... He looked at Indy. You didn't. Indy nodded. Junior, I sent it home to keep it away from them. I told you before. Indy snatched one of the guns and overcame the soldiers. Don't call me Junior. They duck into the next room, only to find Elsa held by a Nazi colonel named Vogel. Drop the gun, Dr. Jones, or she dies. Indy dropped his weapon, and Elsa rushed over to put her arms round him. She reached into his pocket, then handed the diary to Vogel. You should have listened to your father, Indy. taken to a room where a man sat with his back to them. When he turned round, Indy reacted with shock. Donovan. Donovan examined the diary. Elsa, the map. Where is it? I can guess. Brody has it, and he's on his way to the Grail. After tying up Indy and his father, Donovan hurried off to catch Brody, while Elsa took the diary and headed for Berlin. Left alone, Henry and Indy burned through the ropes with a lighter, then slipped out of the castle and into the hills. They hopped on a motorcycle, and Henry pointed north. We've got to reach Berlin. That's where my diary is. We don't need your diary. Yes, we do. Whoever finds the grail must face three final challenges. Booby traps. The clues to the traps are in my diary. Dad, what about Marcus? He's more important than the grail. You don't understand. The grail is the cup of eternal life. If the Nazis reach it first, they'll take over the world. Disguised as soldiers, Indy and his father traced Elsa to a Nazi rally in Berlin. Damn, she's standing right next to Hitler. When the rally dispersed, Elsa was shocked to see Indy approaching. Indy, you don't really think I'm part of this, do you? I believe in the grave, not the swastika. Who cares what you believe? Indy grabbed the diary from her and moved off into the crowd. When Indy and his father arrived at Iskenderun the next day, Indy's friend Sala was waiting for them. Sorry, Indy. Donovan and the Nazis beat you here. They set out across the desert this afternoon and took Mr. Brody with them. Henry set his jaw grimly. We must catch them. In this race, there is no silver medal for a second-place finish. Father of Indy, do not worry. There are always shortcuts. They rode on horseback along a mountain path through the desert. 
Henry spotted something through his binoculars. Junior, it's Donovan's motorcade. Marcus and Elsa are with him. Salah gave Indy a peculiar look. Junior, Indy slumped in the saddle. I like Indiana. Okay, Dad. We named the dog Indiana. We named you Henry Jones Jr. Suddenly, an explosion rocked the mountainside. Henry turned to the others. Quick! They must have found the canyon and possibly the grail. The three men followed the sound to a magnificent canyon carved in the shape of a temple. As they stared in awe, there was a noise behind them. They turned to see a row of Nazi soldiers holding machine guns. The soldiers brought them before Donovan. Ah, Indiana Jones. And not a moment too soon. I want the grail, and you're going to get it for me. He fired a bullet into Henry's stomach. The healing power of the grail is the only thing that can save your father now. Henry grasped his son's wrist. Remember the three challenges. They're in my diary. Taking the grail book, Indy moved through a mass of cobwebs to a stairway inside the temple. Climbing the steps, he read the first challenge deep in thought. Only the penitent man will pass. The penitent man kneels before God. As Indy knelt, a razor-sharp pendulum swung just inches above his head, exactly where he had been standing. Using clues from the diary, Indy made his way across a pit filled with spiders, then leaped over a deep chasm. At last, he crawled through an opening into a smaller temple filled with beautiful chalices. Kneeling before them was an ancient knight in armor. I am the last of three knights who swore an oath to find the grail and guard it. But that was 700 years ago. Drinking from the grail has kept me alive. At that moment, Donovan and Elsa entered the room. Donovan eyed the chalices. Which one is it, old man? You must choose, but choose wisely. For just as the true grail will bring you life, the false grail will take it from you. Donovan selected the most beautiful cup. Eternal life! He drank and his skin withered and turned brown. Donovan sank to the floor, an ancient skeleton blackened with age. The knight looked at Indy. He chose poorly. Indy reached among the shining cups for one that was dull and rather simple. Only one way to find out. He took a drink. When nothing happened, the knight smiled. You chose wisely. Indy ran back and held the cup to his father's lips. Drink, Dad. Drink. Henry drank, and miraculously, his wound healed. Elsa dove for the cup. We've got it. Come on. The knight appeared behind them. No, the grail belongs here. It can never leave. Ignoring his warning, Elsa hurried off. As she did, the temple walls began to crumble, and the chalice was knocked into a huge crevice that yawned at her feet. She scrambled down one side. I can't reach it, Andy. He climbed onto a ledge and strained to support her. 
But as she lunged for the chalice, her hand slipped from his, and she went hurtling into the abyss. Elsa! Just then, the ground shifted and Indy lost his balance. Out of nowhere, a hand grasped Indy's. It was Henry, barely holding on. Indy strained to reach the grail. I can get it. No, Junior! Indy's fingers slipped, farther, farther from his father's grip. Indiana! Let it go. Indy's head snapped back. He looked into his father's eyes, then pulled himself up. As they raced from the collapsing temple, the last thing they saw was the Grail Knight. He was smiling, for the chalice, thanks to Indiana Jones and his father, was safe once again. Jones and the Last Crusade, which was the last read-along book that they made for Indiana Jones because there was no more Indiana Jones movies at the time. And there wouldn't be any more Indiana Jones movies for a while. Um, they did release what they call Movie on Record, which had a narrator. There was two of them. They made one for Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom. They were longer. They included dialogue uh, from the actual movies and music and just basically like watching the movie, but you had to watch it with your mind. I really enjoyed those. My aunt had um, the Temple of Doom one when I was a kid. It was neat, coming like a picture, picture book type deal that... Uh, if I remember correctly, it was like in a regular vinyl cardboard case, and you had like this paper thing, like a little paper book that slid out, and it was um, like pictures from Indiana Jones and Temple Doom and stuff. Not like a read-along book, which had where you followed it word for word and all that. But anyway, in these trying times, keep your faith in God. Be careful. Pray for one another. Be good to one another. And hopefully we'll have another episode in the coming week. And um, this has been another episode of Relics from the Past.